Today is the National Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. All around the world, there are millions of believers who are persecuted daily simply because they believe in the name of Jesus. Scripture says to remember those in prison as if you were in prison yourself and to remember those who are suffering as if you were suffering yourself. And so us here in Little Houston, Pennsylvania, we wanna just take time to remember those who are suffering, who are being persecuted. We want to stand with them and intercede with them as brothers and sisters of Christ and say that Jesus has the victory. So if you'll just take a minute right now and if you'll pray with me for the persecuted church, just cry out in the spirit. We might not be there, we might not know what they're going through, but the spirit knows. So if you'll just pray out and just intercede for them with me. Jesus, we thank you that you have the victory and you said we would suffer, you said we'd be persecuted. So we just stand with our brothers and sisters and we speak strength over them. We speak hope into their hearts. We pray that they will remember that they have the victory through Jesus Christ. Lord, we lift up the families who are wondering where their parents are, who are wondering what will happen to their children. And we pray comfort, we pray strength and courage that can only come from the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that persecution and suffering brings many into the kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would use this to advance your kingdom, that many would know the healing, saving, beautiful love of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray for those who are persecuting. Lord, we pray for those who have hardened hearts, who are going after those who believe. And we pray that you would soften their hearts in Jesus' name. I pray that those who are running jail cells, who are who are doing the persecutions, just like Saul, would be turned into Paul's. I pray that they they would know Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you will bring justice to the nations, but the ultimate justice is knowing the saving power of Jesus Christ. And so we just speak that over the nations, that every nation will know the goodness of the Lord. We stand with our brothers and sisters. We pray for courage and strength, and we thank you that you'll use this to bring your kingdom. We say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Amber. Yeah. You can be seated at this time. We're going to go right into a time of sharing some testimonies. We're going to have the kids stay with us for a, uh, a little bit longer here. We do our best at Central to try to share stories, testimonies, to communicate what God's been doing in the lives of our church family. Uh, you know, it's one thing to preach on a subject and to teach on a subject, and it's a whole other thing to actually see it played out in someone's life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We can sit up here and preach and teach and share uh, all that we want and have hundreds of people leave and just live you know, their everyday life without connecting to the word. But to understand that people are grasping what's being taught, grasping what's being taught uh, and preached, grasping what's being prayed about, what we're worshiping about, and to actually see it come to life 
This is amazing. There was a, a person that's going to share later on today that uh, when we were, I was on talking to her, you know, she was like, this is the mo- like one of the most exciting weeks. I said, isn't it interesting that one of the most exciting weeks should actually be our normal week? Like this life should be super exciting when we're following Jesus. Uh, if you weren't able to attend with us at the Seek First Conference, it was an amazing weekend. We're going to share some testimonies of people that were impacted there and uh, just, just received a lot from the Lord. And we're believing that he's going to take us further and higher as we continue to advance his kingdom. This is my encouragement to you. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you uh, to stay engaged while people are giving testimonies. I want you to imagine what it would be like if you were the one that was completely set free from something. If you were the one that was taking medication day after day because you were in severe pain and now you're not in pain. If you were the one that has never shared the love of God before outside the walls of the church and you did it for the very first time. That's what these people are gonna be sharing today. And I wanna be honest with you. I wanna be like really real with you. I used to get bored. Listen to me. I used to get bored listening to testimonies. I started to ask the Lord, why in the world? Like, why didn't I enjoy these? Why did I kind of disconnect things? And he started showing me it was because I didn't relate myself to their situation was one. And the other is I was jealous that they got something that I wanted. Now I'm being really real. This was a long time ago now. I've grown a lot. But I would sit down and say, well, I don't even know this person. Are they exaggerating? Did they really get healed? Are they, you know, are, they, are they still just putting ice on it a little bit? And I would question things, and I'd be a skeptic, and I just wasn't in their situation. So I would disconnect. Oh, here goes somebody else. Are they going to talk too long? You know, all this stuff. All these thoughts were running through my head. And Lord revealed to me many years ago, I missed out on receiving something spiritual from that testimony. I missed out on that. And then other things is, you know, if I was in pain about something or, I, you know, I wanted to see something in my life, somebody else would come up with a big smile on their face and they would talk about the very thing that I was praying for. And instead of saying yes and amen, I said, does God love them more? Why did they get the breakthrough and I didn't get the breakthrough? And instead of celebrating with them, I was actually resistant toward it. And I found more excuses of why not to press into that specific thing. And then I read one verse. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10 says this. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Another translation says, for the essence of prophecy is to give clear witness for Jesus. I just want to break this verse down just a little bit here. The testimony of Jesus or witnessing for Jesus is sharing one of two things, either about Jesus's kingdom, about his life, his death and his resurrection, or specifically testifying about what Jesus has done in your life. I was going again, you remember two weeks ago, I was going to preach on the culture of the kingdom. Guess what I was going to preach on this week? The culture of the kingdom. Guess what? God said, no, we have to share testimony today. I want you to stay engaged. I want you to see this, because this is the culture of the kingdom. What's happening in their life is kingdom culture. I can only share so much, but now action's being taken place and it's taking root in people's lives. So what it's saying here is when you're testifying about Jesus, the testimony of what Jesus is doing has the spirit or essence of prophecy. So prophecy in its, in its most uh, um, simple terms is either foretelling or foretelling. Forthtelling a lot of times happens when there's proclamation of their word. It's uttering forth God's truth that have been revealed by God. Okay, so a lot of times people would consider preaching forthtelling. We're telling forth God's truth from his word. Foretelling is a, a divine inspiration given to a person about what is happening next. 
So a lot of times that could happen in the form of a promise or a warning that's speaking to the future of your life, of the church, of a business, of an organization, whatever it is. Now what happens here is this, when you're testifying about Jesus, it has the essence of prophecy. So what it's saying is this, if you have, if your back has been hurting for years and years and you hear a testimony today, God touched my back. Instead of saying, well, I don't even know that person. Are they telling the truth? Trust me, I've asked every person. I've told them, do not exaggerate. We're telling the truth. We're not making it look bigger than it is. If you hear that, you could either say, well, why hasn't God touched my back? Or you could say, they're testifying about Jesus. It's prophesying. It's foretelling what can happen to me. If Jesus can heal that person, then Jesus can heal me. So testimony day goes from being like, oh my goodness, how many more people? Or why is it happening to them and not me? To something of saying, God is alive in this church. God is moving in people's lives. And just what Jesus did in this person's life, it's foretelling what he wants to do in my life. So we're going to go after it. This is what I want you to do. You might be a quiet person. That's fine. You might be a loud person. That's fine. I want you to be able to put your amen at the end of these testimonies, or even when they're in the testimony. That word amen was used over 100 times in the Old Testament, and it means take care, to be faithful, reliable or established, or to believe something or someone. In the New Testament, Jesus used it throughout the Gospels approximately 70 times. Paul used it many times, and it means so it is, or the common phrase we say, so be it, but also can mean may it be fulfilled. So somebody's up here sharing, you're sitting down here, you need something, you're desiring something, you're pressing into something that they just shared, and you say either amen or amen, however you want to react. You're saying, so be it in my life. You're saying, I'm, I'm happy and I'm celebrating that it's been fulfilled in that person's life. Amen for it in my life as well. You could take hold to celebrate what God's doing, but also receive it in faith for yourself. Amen? Thank you, Jim. You were a half a second in front of me. Ashley Duff, I'm going to call her up with her Wednesday night crew. We're going to testify about something that happened a week and a half ago on a Wednesday night, and then we're going to share some things that happened uh, because of the conference here recently. This is exciting, right? Like, this is, this is awesome. Listen, I just want to just testify about your kids, right? We're a family. These are your kids, yeah. right? So I want you to hear some of the awesome things that are going on with them. So let me just start first with Jada. So on, uh, this was about two Wednesdays ago, we asked the girls, we said, hey, you know, we're going to go, we're going to pray. We've been learning about prayer, learning about the Holy Spirit. We're going to go and we're going to start praying over people, okay? So I said, let's just pray and ask Jesus, what are we going to encounter when we go to pray for people? We're going to go to one of the, the younger girls' classes, and then we're going to go to an adult class. So I had the girls pray, and I said, listen, just ask Jesus what's going to happen. You know, what, 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 what do we need to pray for when we get there? So uh, these two girls were in my class, and so I had them write it down. So we went, and we prayed over the younger girls' class that called the Prims. So we went and prayed over them. Then we took them with us to an older adult class on a Wednesday night. So when we got there, uh, uh, Teresa Brawler and Dale Brawler were leading the class, and they said, why don't we just call it out? Why don't we say, like, you know, what, what, what did you pray for? And so, Jada, I think you were the first one to say something. And she said, the last one. 
So she said, I felt like the Lord showed me I should pray for a lost one, someone who's lost somebody. And so we asked the room of adults. We said, is there someone here who's lost somebody? And so not even like necessarily physically, but maybe even like emotionally. So I raised my hand. (laughs) Yep. So Eileen puts up her hand and says, yeah. And so we said, well, Jada, like, are you willing? Like, can you go pray with Eileen then? Yeah. <laughs> so she goes, and so, like, when you went and prayed for her, do you remember what you prayed at all? Um, kind of. Was it, like, was it long? Was it short? It was kind of, like, in between long and short. Yeah. <laughs> kind of in between. Okay, and so for you, like, how was that, like, on your end? As soon as she came in and said that, I felt, like, something in my heart that said that was me so I raised my hand and I said sure I'll I'll take prayer and she came over and we sat down and we she said a short prayer I said yes I did that is me and that happened in my life and we'll pray and thank you yeah so that's awesome so I love it thank you so much Jada so Madison come on here so next I just want to share about Madison Madison um when she was praying she felt like she um, saw a young blonde with glasses, right? And so we went to the class, and wouldn't you know, there's a young blonde with glasses in that classroom. So I said, well, can you go? Can you go pray with her? So she went up, and she prayed with her. And do you remember what she asked for prayer for? Um, she had migraines, and she had a lot of headaches. Yeah, and so do you remember, like, what you prayed? Um, I prayed that the pain be gone in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, just like Jesus, just straight to the point. And so afterwards, we asked everyone, you know, who had gotten prayer, and we said, does anybody want to testify? Like, does anybody have a noticeable healing or anything in their body? And so she immediately shot her hand up, and she said, headache. She said, I have migraine. She's like, I have a headache. She's like, it is gone. So good. And so last I want to share um, with Braylin and Sunday. Sunday. And uh, so Braylin, uh, she hadn't uh, prayed ahead of time, you know, if we were going to encounter anybody there. She just went willing, said, hey, I'm willing to go pray. Just match me up with somebody. So I took Braylin over and I took her over to Sunday. And um, do you remember what you asked Sunday? Did you ask her if she wanted prayer? Yes. And do you, re- do you remember what she wanted prayer for? Her knee. Her knee. And do you remember what you prayed? No, that's okay. Was it short or long? Short. Short. Yeah, yeah. And so do you remember what she prayed? Um, actually, I don't remember what she prayed because I was holding her hand and her hands were shaking like a leaf. But <laughs> she did it anyway and she, was, she said yes. She said, send me, I will pray for you. And so I don't remember much about it other than God healed me in my right knee. I've had lots of pain in that knee for six months. I wasn't able to sleep. And the next morning I woke up and I had no pain. I slept a wonderful night. And it's all because she was willing and able and said, send me. 
So, yeah, and we, we checked with Sunday a couple days later. We said, how's your knee? Is it still good? You still feeling good? And she said, yeah, I actually still have pain in my other knee that she didn't pray for. So she, can she come back and pray for my other knee? So maybe you guys can pray together after service. But isn't this awesome what's going on with the kids? Like, there's no junior Holy Spirit. I know Pastor Kurt says it all the time, but it's true. So if you need prayer for something, maybe you want to stop by the preschool or the super church, right? Oh, Okay. Yeah, so I want to read a verse to you. Uh, I want you to say that. Say, there is no junior Holy Spirit. If we can just catch that revelation, then it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. As soon as you're born again, you get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't have any second cousins, doesn't have any great, great, great grandkids. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, 11, it says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. It says, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. I know I've shared this several times before, but you have to imagine this. You have to imagine Jesus lifeless in the tomb. And at some point in that third day, at some point in that Sunday morning, there had to be a and his heart had to start pounding and the blood had to start flowing. That same Holy Spirit that actually raised your Savior from the dead lives in them and lives in you. And we actually have to start believing it. So it doesn't matter the age, it doesn't matter how long you've been a believer, you can step out and pray and believe. So many people, they wait, well, I just wanna be, I wanna make sure, I wanna do this and this. No, they took a calculated faith risk and they went after it and God showed himself to be faithful. So Ashley, I don't know, do any of you girls, would you be willing to pray that we would be able to hear God's voice more clearly? Would any of you be willing to pray? If not, Ashley, you can. No pressure, no pressure. All right, go ahead, Ashley. All right, let's pray. Let's okay. pray. Go ahead, Ashley. Father, I just thank you just for the faith that you've put in these kids, Father. And I pray that that sensitivity that they have to your spirit, that that would be in every one of us sitting here in the pew today, that we would be able to hear your voice like that, that there's no junk in our head filtering the, you know, the clogs that we get, Father, but that we would hear your voice and we would be obedient. As soon as we hear, we're not questioning, we're just obedient to what you say. And Father, I just pray for more of that for everybody sitting in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you give them another round of applause? Darren and Michaela, you can come on up. Thank you so much. I just want to add one more thing to all of this. Um, I know he wanted it short and brief, but I just had to talk about what's happened this week along with my healing. I have been praying for God to send me, send me. And last week, I prayed for two women at work that I've never done before because I was too afraid. It was fear, but I have no fear anymore. And they were both healed. So I am so excited what God is doing when you're willing and you're obedient to his word. He works through you. That's awesome. Thank you. All right, now, you're gonna hear a story that might challenge some of you. So just remind yourself, say, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Say, there's no itsy bitsy Holy Spirit. Say, this beautiful girl has the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had in him. This is Darren and Michaela Bradley. All right. So uh, 
I really felt challenged after the conference this past weekend um, just to put aside the fear of man. You know, when you encounter people um, and you feel like God's tugging at your heart to minister to them and you don't say anything because, well, what happens if I'm wrong? What happens if they think I'm weird? So I said, well, we want to start doing that more with our family. And uh, we had to get our carpets cleaned at our house this past Tuesday. So I said, well, you know what? That's actually a pretty cool opportunity to, to practice what we learned this weekend and, and, and incorporate our family, you know, because it's easier to feel a little bit more comfortable because they're actually coming to your house. And I know sometimes you might think, well, it's just a random person. But I believe that, you know, when you follow God, that he's not just going to send a random person just by coincidence to your house. Um, and so I said, well, let's, let's use this opportunity to... to to test out our faith. So when he pulled into the driveway, I said, I, we were sitting at the table. I said, Michaela, I said, there's someone who's going to come in and do some work in our house. I said, can you talk to the Holy Spirit right now and ask him, is there something we should pray for, for this person who's going to come in? And what, what did the Holy Spirit tell you? What, what should we pray for? His left arm. His left arm. She, so she said right away, she said, we, need, we should pray for his left arm. So he came in, and uh, we just started talking. Now, you know, just I, to interrupt you just for one minute, there wasn't like a cloud that entered the room. There wasn't thunder. This is a young girl just saying, Holy Spirit, do you have anything that you want me to pray for him? Right? It's just a simple question. Don't, don't exaggerate this. Don't mystify it to a point where you can't connect with this. Just one young girl asking, Holy Spirit, what should we pray for? And so he came in, he started, you know, I didn't just confront him right there at the door. I just wanted to talk with him, make sure he felt comfortable first. So we were talking, he was going around the house and just small talk about his life and just started hearing different things about some of the, the, maybe the struggles he had gone through in his life. We were talking and then probably like three quarters of the way through his, his uh, work in the house, he walked by and I said, hey, I said, you know, you have to move around some pretty heavy stuff because he, he was obviously talking about how it was, it was hard work. Um, and I said, let me ask you this. I said, is there anything on your body that hurts? And he said, well, actually, yeah, actually my one arm hurts. And I said, before, I said, can I ask you, I said, is it your left arm? And he said, yeah, it's my left shoulder. And he said, he started going like this. And he said, it clicks and it pops all the time. And it really bothers me when I'm doing this work. And I said, well, that's really, that's really interesting you should say that because I said, before you actually came into our house, when you pulled up, I asked my daughter, I said, is there anything we should pray for you for? And she said, your left arm. And he was like, what? He was like, he was like that's crazy. And so I said, can, you, can we come pray for you right now? And he's like, yeah, definitely. So I, I picked her up and we came over and, and he, he just looked, he said, well, do you want to touch it? I said, Sure. So he was like all about it. So we both laid hands on him and, uh, and Michaela, Michaela prayed for him and we prayed together and we had talked with him just about, you know, his family. And, and so we also prayed for his family and his children. And, and so he was just like, and then, and then we got done praying. I said, well, how does it feel? And he started moving around his shoulder. And he's like, well, it's not clicking or popping anymore. And then I said, well, that's awesome. I said, well, I'll tell you what, you have like a little bit more to do. Why don't you just go test it out and just let me know how it goes. And and so then at the end, he, uh, I was like, hey, you know, how does your shoulder? He's like, I couldn't believe it. He said, I was up there. I started using my arm because it always hurts. And I was using that, like that vacuum uh, attachment. And he said, he said, it felt like there was supernatural energy through my left arm. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so he said, so I started testing it out. I started like, 
using it harder and harder and harder, like to try to get it to hurt, and he said it wouldn't hurt. And so, uh, so it was really cool um, because you could definitely tell that he was really encouraged, and, and I had the opportunity just to, to speak a little bit of encouragement in his life and, um, and asked him if he knew Jesus, and he said he, he, said he did. Um, and then, you know, it, it, was, it was good timing because we, uh, we were just cooking dinner, so he was about to leave, so my wife made him some, some food to take on his way home. And then I said, you know what, I just feel like I said, you, you are a really hardworking guy, and I can tell how much you love your family. And I said, I just wanted to bless you one more time. And I went, I had a gift certificate to a restaurant. I said, you know, your kids at home, he has kids, three kids about my kid's age. I said, can you just take this? I said, I want you to go out and have a nice meal with your family just to, just to take time because you're such a hardworking person. Just, I said, I just want to bless you. Um, but so he, I could tell he was really blessed. And it was just awesome seeing how God used even a little girl to speak, uh, to speak into his life. Ask her, ask her. Now, what has happened with all of us when uh, construction workers in, right? They're bothering me. They've been there too long. They left the toilet seat up, you know, left the fan on. All these things, right? It's usually a bother when people come in. And this was a quite exciting day for the Bradley family. And that's what it can be for each one of us too. So Michaela's going to pray that we can all be as brave as the Holy Spirit helped her to be that day. Let's just pray for a moment here. Dear Jesus, just pray. That everyone will be brave to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and perform miracles. And perform miracles in His name. In His name. Amen. 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 Why don't you give the Bradleys? Thank you. Great job. I want to challenge you. It's not, oh, that's cute. No, this is a young girl destroying the works of the enemy. <laughs> With a smile on her face. That's good. We're going, to share, we're going to share one more right now. If you're not noticing, I'm not going to preach a traditional sermon, but you're going to get a sermon through this, through the life of people and through the word of God. We're going to have one more share, and then we're going to have to release the kids. But we wanted Nina Mandrick, you can come up at this time, uh, to share because she's, she's one of the teachers. So we wanted the kids to hear before we release them today. love how you want me to go after that prayer. <laughs> that was so good. Okay, um, so uh, let me just start out with, I've been a Christian my whole life. My mom raised me that way. I was raised in this church, and I thought I had it all together. <laughs> I thought I knew what Jesus was. I thought I knew what the Holy Spirit was. Um, Jesus is very good at, you know, showing you more. So Sunday... Um, I definitely had an encounter with Jesus where when I, w- I came forward for the altar call and I was just praising the Lord and the Holy Spirit was just pouring in and it was amazing. And at one point towards the end, I just felt like my arms were being gripped really tight. And I like peek one eye open because I'm like, who's touching me? And, and I look and nobody's touching me. And I was like, this is amazing. This is like what you hear about. This is like what Richie was talking about. I'm like, this is great. And so I was just being receptive to it. And at one point I felt like I just needed to, you know, lay down to honor the Lord and just like, just like bask in his presence. And I felt as if my arms were glued to the floor. And um, 
And if you think this sounds crazy, I thought it was crazy too. So it's okay. It's the Lord. It was awesome. And he was just pouring into me. And I was like, I just receive whatever you have, Lord. And he was just, it was like everything was quiet. And then I just heard, this is for you. Like the Holy Spirit is for you. And his love is for you. And so I was like, whoa, that's so good. Thank you. And um, afterwards, the service was over, and I was getting ready to leave, and I was walking down the aisle, and um, Andy Brock and Brianna Duff both stopped me. They're like, we want to pray for you. And I was like, of course you can. And so if any of the children are paying attention right now, would be the time. Hello. Um, because if you haven't got it from the other two testimonies, there is no junior Holy Spirit. So Andia prayed over me a beautiful prayer, and Brianna prayed over me a beautiful prayer. But then Brianna paused for a minute, and I thought she was done. And then she was like, and Lord, just heal her of any sicknesses she has. I'm like, how does she know? Because the whole time in service, I felt like I was getting a fever. I work with children like 24-7, so it's pretty normal if I got sick, but I shouldn't receive that, and now I know that, and so I felt like I had a fever and a headache coming on the whole service, but I just refused to let it get in the way, and also, like, God doesn't do things in halves. Um, I've had almost 12 12 years of back pain, um, which I don't normally tell people about because I'm not one to complain about pain. I get that from my mother. (laughs) (laughs) and so like no one really knows this and nobody knew I felt bad that whole night and she just decided Lord heal her um the headache and the fever went away immediately I woke up the next morning I know hold on there's more there's more I woke up the next morning and I went about my daily business at the daycare picking up toys picking up kids doing stuff and I, I paused and I was like I haven't thought about my back at all like like, oh, this is good. And so I waited a few more, a uh, couple more days before I really was like, guess what? And, you know, testing it out a little bit, making sure it wasn't just like me being excited for that awesome weekend. But it wasn't. It was definitely 100% the Lord healed my back after 12 years. <laughs> it was awesome. But wait, there's more. <laughs> And then I just felt led that day on Monday after, like, I realized, like, oh, my goodness, the Lord is healing me. And on Monday, I prayed over the children in the daycare for, like, over an hour. I was like, I've never done this before. My prayer life is changing. And then I went to Wendy's, and I saw a guy at Wendy's, and the Lord led me to talk to him. I asked him if he needed prayer, and he said that his grandfather, who raised him, just passed away. I prayed over him, and then he gave his life to the Lord. (laughs) It's been been crazy. (laughs) But wait, there's more. (laughs) And then I went back to the daycare, and a few of the people at the daycare needed prayer, so I prayed over them, and they're seeing healing and breakthrough in their life. And it's just been this crazy, amazing roller coaster ride of the Holy Spirit. And so... Pastor Kerr, when he was saying, you know, this was the best week of her life. Well, that was me. This was the best week of my life. And, but it's supposed to be normal. This is normal Christian life. And so I just want to encourage you guys, like, 
There is so much more. Like every time you think you have that more, like I think I have that more right now. I know God's going to break through again and be like, here's even more. Like take it all. So I'm really excited for what God has in my life and in the church's life. So this is great. Stay up here just for a minute, okay? I'm going to have you pray. I think it is, it's so important to act on something while it's fresh. Don't let the, you know, you got to water that seed before it dies. There's a verse in Luke 11. It said, blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. You do not want to be uh, a spiritual dead sea where the word of God is coming in, 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 and you're getting puffed up and you have all this knowledge. You can memorize all these verses. And wasn't that a great sermon? Wasn't that a great conference? But don't actually do anything about it. So Jesus is saying, blessed are those who actually hear something and then put it into practice. In 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul's reminding Timothy, he says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you at the laying on of my hands. And then he goes on to say, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Of course, your translations might say something a little bit differently. What Paul's saying is this, you received something from me, now it's your responsibility to fan that thing into flame. What happens if you do not fan a fire? It goes out, it needs oxygen, it needs breath, it needs to be fanned. So, Paul, so Paul's saying, what, Timothy, what you received from me, fan that thing into flame. And what I'm saying, what you received last week or over the last few weeks, fan that thing into flame. Move out, act on what you're learning so it doesn't get clogged up in your heart somewhere, but it becomes a part of your lifestyle. I love what Paul goes right into it. He's saying, listen, fan that thing into flame because you have not been given a spirit of fear. What happens? Be truthful. What happens when you learn and you learn and you learn, but you don't act on it? Fear. Fear builds up. Well, now that I know all this, I'm supposed to be like an expert in the area, but I haven't even done it. Now I'm afraid to mess up because I should be further along than I am. So we have an opportunity, even today, after hearing these things, after, are you saying the amen in your heart? Amen. I received that. Amen. I received it from my family, my kids, myself, my back, my knee, whatever it is. Now we can go out and act on it. Nina, I want you just to pray over the congregation that as we hear new revelation, as we hear God's word continue to be preached, it will put it into action immediately. Let's pray. Lord, we just come to you right now and we thank you so much for all these breakthroughs and all these healings and all these testimonies, not only today, but in the future, Lord God, as you pour more and more and more into this church, I just pray for breakthrough after breakthrough, healing after healing, that it doesn't just become testimonies, but it just becomes that normal Christian life, that people can stand up here or talk out there at the cafe and just be like, guess what God did to me today? Lord, you are just so glorious and so wonderful. We just praise your name. I just pray over this congregation that they continue to just elevate in you, Lord God, that they just continue to be lifted up in you, that the words spoken on the stage continue to... Um, just speak life and breakthrough into them, that they receive, whoever needs to receive, just receives with open hearts, with open minds, with open eyes and open ears, Lord God, so that when they leave this place, they can leave it with an open mouth to be able to just tell people about you, to just prophesy over people, to just pray over people and tell them more and more and more about your glorious kingdom, Lord God. Thank you so much for all that you do, Jesus. We just love you and praise your name. In your holy and wonderful name we say, amen. Thank you so much.
I can picture him like he went, he went to Wendy's for a spicy chicken sandwich and a Frosty and came home with heaven. That's a good lunchtime. <laughs> That's good. All right, we're going to dismiss the kids at this time. Have a great super church. The rest of the adults that are with us, junior high is up. You can take your bulletin out. We just ask you to fill out your connection card. Uh, we want to be able to stay connected with you. If you are visiting with us today, we'd love for you to fill that out as well so we can help you take your next steps with Jesus. And you can go ahead as you're doing that uh, to listen to some upcoming events at Central. Christmas is coming, and so is outrageous joy. The Women of Central are hosting a fantastic event on Sunday, December 10th, at the Hilton Garden Inn & Suites in South Point. This will be a chance for the Women of Central, your friends and family, to gather around celebrating Christmas with great food and an unbelievable time laughing, and enjoying the joy of the Lord. With guest comedian Sandy Joy, this evening is sure to be a fantastic present. Think about sponsoring a sister or inviting friends and just attend this great evening. Purchase your tickets in the foyer, online, or on the Central app. Are you guys over, overflowing right now? I'm already so filled up and we're not even close to being through a service today. How exciting is that? Um, I get to come up here and talk to you about what's starting next week. Next week starts our missions convention. Um, if you've been here a long time, you know we haven't had one of these in a while. So it's pretty exciting that it's back. We're going to have a full week. You should have this little piece of paper in your bulletin. Can you pull it out? This way I know you found it and you looked at it. So next Sunday is the launch, and what we're going to have is a mission fair following service next week. So come prepared to stay. You're not going to want to miss this. We're going to have six international rooms where you're going to have a time of hearing transforming stories, lives being transformed, and also encounters of the culture that is being represented there. So you're going to want to come and hear the stories. You're going to want to come and taste some food that's from those cultures, and you're going to want to hear and talk and get to know some of our missionaries. Also, in the gym will be booths for the other ministries that we support, So you're going to have an opportunity to come and hear and talk to the ministries that we at Central support every month. So if you look on the back side of that, that's the current ministries that we support. Right now, I have confirmed 10 of our local and national missions coming next Sunday to be a part of this. You'll also hear them share like a five-minute commercial about their ministry so you can know a little bit more. I want you to hear what my heart is behind this, okay? First, I want to be honest with you. I've never been to a mission convention, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. 
But you know, that's another reason why God calls who he wants to call, not who thinks they know it all, because I don't know it all. But here's what I know. We support each one of these for a reason, all right? There's a reason that Central is called to serve these ministries or these missionaries. And my heart and my desire for this is to give you an opportunity to let God awaken in your heart a connection with their heart, okay? It's not to manipulate you or try to get you to give more money. It's so that you understand why we support these ministries. There's a reason, because we believe in what they're doing. We believe they, their vision for ministry partners with our vision for ministry. They want to see the same things happen that we do. That's why they're on this list. So I want you to come and hear and have a chance to shake hands with and pray for. Maybe get prayed for yourself. Like you can pray for them and they can pray for you. But I want you to take this time, which is a unique opportunity Right? We have people coming from New York City. We have people coming from Missouri. To be here next Sunday. So take time to come in here. Why? Why does Central's team have these people on the list? And see what God wants to awaken in you. Because I believe when we're all created, God puts special things in each one of us. And sometimes we don't even know they're there. Until we have an encounter, we hear a story, or the Holy Spirit just wakes something up. So my heart and my desire is that that happens next week and continues. So come expecting, okay? Come expecting to see what God has for you next week. All right? Bless you. All right. Thank you very much. All right, I just want to give you a quick update on the Tilapia Project. Uh, we've talked about this uh, since I think it was last November. We cast vision uh, to build a tilapia farm on the island of Isla Tessajera in El Salvador. Uh, Pastor Vicky and Chad, Pastor Francisco and his family have been in relationship with Pastor Risa Days for over five years. Now it'll be over six years now. And uh, over the course of this time, especially over last year, we feel like God had given us a vision for this tilapia project. So what we've done is we've come into partnership with the island, uh, with the island church that Pastor Risa Days oversees. And what we're doing is we're going to go into, starting in January, the actually building and the developing of a system that's going to grow thousands of tilapia in controlled tanks, and that will be harvested uh, every three months, and we'll have three tanks is what's projected, so every month there'll be a harvest. Uh, we answered the question last year, you know, how does growing fish and selling fish spread the gospel? Well, it's hard to learn about Jesus when you're worried about food. And now the island's gonna have the food that, it's need, that it needs. It's hard to learn about Jesus when you're worried about money. And this is gonna employ people, and it's also going, we're also going to teach them business principles and entrepreneur skills that they can begin to start their own uh, venture systems as well outside of this and it's also hard to learn about Jesus when you're worried about the future because of the lack of skills. I think it's been maybe a month or two months now we've started uh, uh, reading classes with them where there's a, a professional teacher that goes down there twice a week to teach reading. I, um, there might be mathematics skills as well, or is it just reading? 
reading, writing, and math to just continue to advance their skills. And on top of this project, uh, just a few months ago, we began uh, to uh, clarify what the Lord was telling to Pastor Vicky of a, a whole system of training where it will be business, it will be spiritual, there will be entrepreneurship, uh, there will be education going on where we're not just putting up a tank for them and walking away. We're in a long-term relationship with them where we're training around the system of tilapia as well. So the tilapia is just going to be uh, the, the avenue that can spread the gospel through food and through income as well. We cast vision uh, for a project that we believe was going to cost $33,000, and I believe it was into December and January, December of last year and into January, we've received over $53,000 specifically for this project. We've celebrated that over and over again. So what happened is we sent a small team in January to do research, to work on relationships, to kind of break down um, some divide between the church and the government and government organizations and so on. Pastor Vicky, myself, and the Theodoras, we traveled again in May. At that trip, we came into a spiritual covenant with Pastor Arisides and his church and uh, his congregation. We continued to work on healthy boundaries, healthy relationships, and what our expectation was uh, for going into this project. We also took time to dedicate the property to the Lord. Uh, we spent time pouring uh, oil over the four corners. We prayed in the middle. We've dedicated that land that was donated to us through Pastor Francisco. Uh, to the work of the Lord. And then several weeks after that, the wall began to get built. We've showed you some videos of that, and you'll see some pictures above me of the wall being completed, the fence is completed, the gate is completed, and it's ready to go. So what's going to happen in beginning of January, or in January of 2018, uh, we are going to begin our building trips. So what, if, they're, uh, if you're interested in these trips, I want you to go back into the foyer. There's a table back there with handouts. You can ask Pastor Vicky some other questions and kind of receive more information on it. But it's going to go from January all the way through May, where we're going to be sending smaller teams, maybe just two or four people at a time. There can be more if there's more interested, but we don't need huge teams. Um, A few of the people will be going down that we're going to assign to actually teach the classes and begin to train them spiritually, educationally, in business and entrepreneurship. And then a few of the other individuals will actually help with building. Now, when you hear building, I don't want you to be confused. This might be uh, pouring sand into buckets and carrying them. It might be pouring water into a hole in the ground and just mixing together mortar uh, at a a very basic level. So fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, spouses, you don't have to look at yourself as a construction person to actually be part of this. If the Lord has connected your heart to it, either through giving or praying, you're more than welcome to learn more about the trips and the Lord might be calling you to do that as well. So we're looking forward to the tanks being built, uh, potentially by May for the fish to be in there, and then hopefully by next, uh, next fall we could celebrate the Lord working specifically in this area. So be in prayer about it. We're gonna continue to celebrate what's going on with this. And if you're interested, like I said, please get a piece of information uh, at, uh, in the foyer. We're gonna receive our offering now. Ushers, you can come down, adults and children alike. Let's pray. All right, Father, we uh, just take this time again to just give you back substance that you've given us, Father. You've given us finances, you've entrusted us with it, but we know it's all yours. So Father, we give back a portion, we sow back a portion of it that we feel led by the Holy Spirit to sow back into your kingdom. And we believe when we're sowing into good soil, it will produce a good harvest. Father, we thank you that your soil is always right for the harvest. And we give expecting in faith today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Just one quick announcement. If you have a middle schooler or a high schooler with you today at the end of service, uh, Anthony and Joe, our interim leaders, are gonna meet with them right down in this corner to talk about this Wednesday, uh, what they're gonna be doing and how they can invite. So again, it'd just be five or 10 minutes if you can uh, send them down this way. We would appreciate it. <clears throat> so we sent a survey out about the Seek First conference. We asked what impacted you the most, and we also asked if you had questions and suggestions. Some of the things that you said impacted you the most about this is that the, uh, one of the persons said, uh, one of the people said, the passion, realness, rawness, and scriptures were tied in everywhere. Somebody else said it felt authentic and genuine. Somebody else said the speakers were dynamic, loved the times of prayer and worship. It refanned the fire inside of me. Another one said, I was challenged to go deeper with my walk in the Lord and to witness to others in the marketplace. I loved uh, the freedom in which the speakers were able to share. They held nothing back. Somebody else said, Paul Martini's encouragement to seek the Lord daily and have time in the word daily. His personality and style of ministry connected with me and challenged me. Someone else said, this was an excellent conference with such spirit-filled speakers. Richie's fire and compassion for saving souls was very inspiring. His testimony about words of knowledge made me want to grow in receiving words of knowledge. I liked how Richie challenged and confronted us about the need for outreach and that we should look at the community's problems as our own problems. Then they said, who else can make a difference better than those who are spirit-filled with God's solutions? Now, one of the things that we heard uh, in what impacted you and then some of the questions was about that gift called words of knowledge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 4, I'm just going to read a few verses here. Paul's talking, he says, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit, right? It all comes back, we have the same spirit, same spirit, same spirit. He says, there's a variety of ministries, but the same Lord. The variety of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons. But to each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So that's what the, man, what the Holy Spirit is manifesting through you. It's called a gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on. I'm not going to list them all. But in verse 8, he says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through that same Spirit. And then he goes on to talk about faith, gifts of healing, miracles, and so on. But what's listed here first is the uh, word of wisdom. And then he goes on to say to another, the word of knowledge. So a word of knowledge that they were operating in, uh, you saw it maybe three or four weeks ago where uh, we felt like the Lord said he, they, that he wanted to heal certain areas. Now we've had uh, different confirmations of backs being healed and knees being healed and so on. So a word of knowledge, a basic definition is knowledge received from the Holy Spirit that we would not have thought of on our own. So it's knowledge that a believer receives from the Holy Spirit to enable us to effectively minister to the needs of people. So it's simply, we're going along in our day and he gives us, I call it a divine download. It's something I would not have thought about or thought of. And he gives us information. He gives us knowledge about a person's situation, uh, life, whatever's going on. Now this could surprise them. It could baffle them, but most likely it's gonna disarm them. It's gonna open up their ability to hear from the Lord. And it often brings answers to questions, healing and deliverance. But again, I call it just a divine download. So it's information that the Lord wants you to use, not to tear somebody down, not to say, you know, I see this problem in your life. I see this. In fact, I tell people, if they receive a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, now just a quick difference on that, word of knowledge is the information about a situation that can minister. Word of wisdom is how to rightly use the right information. So, you know, I don't think Paul ever wanted us to put them in different charts. I believe when you're flowing in a word of wisdom, you can also be flowing in a word of knowledge. But it's never uh, to tear somebody down. It's always to build up and to edify. 
I said something over there that I just remembered. I always encourage people, if you hear something or see something about somebody else's life that you feel like is from the Lord, you don't go there and you, and you don't say, well, thus saith the Lord and all oh, rough. You say, you know, I'm sensing this is from the Lord. I want you to receive this and hear it. If it resonates with your heart, let me know. If not, then you know, I'll go back and continue to seek the Lord about things. But if you ever hear something negative or see something negative about a person's life, I always ask the people, the believer, to ask for the solution. Ask for what the promise is in their life. So you're never speaking death. You're never speaking condemnation. You're never speaking judgment. You're always speaking life and hope and promise. Now, because of time, and I do want several others to share, I'm just going to ask you to mark two scriptures down that you can read as Jesus operates in words of knowledge. And I'm just going to summarize them. In John chapter 1, if you write down John 1, 43 through 47, this is just a very interesting uh, conversation that Jesus has with Nathaniel. Yeah, John chapter 1, verse 43 through 47. The gist of it is, is this. Jesus calls Philip to follow him. Philip finds Nathaniel and says, hey, we found the Messiah. Nathaniel says, wait a minute, that guy from Nazareth, what good can come out of Nazareth? I'll just read you a verse real quick. It says, Jesus saw Nathanael approaching him, and he said, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. Now, Nathanael just rebuked Jesus far away from him, and now he's saying there's nothing false. That is called a prophecy. He's foretelling what is going to come about in Nathanael's life, because it surely isn't true right now. He says, how do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. That's a word of knowledge. Jesus was not peeking over the, over the tree. Jesus was not near him. So he's saying, I know information about where you are. Now watch this. Like 20 seconds ago, Nathaniel says, what good can come from Nazareth? Jesus prophesies over him once and gives one simple word of knowledge. I saw you in my spirit. I saw you in my mind. However that worked out, sitting under that tree. What is Nathanael's response? Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And this is amazing to me. If you look at the prophetic and words of knowledge in action together, this guy goes from saying, what in the world good comes from Nazareth? He speaks life into him and speaks the word of knowledge into him. And now he says, surely you are the son of God. So if somebody could be born again at that moment, he would have been born again. He started to follow Jesus from that point out. So that's what like Richie and Paul and some of us were operating in, uh, you know, over these past few weeks. It's just a word of knowledge. It's knowledge that's got, that, that God gives us about a certain situation. It does not have to deal with healing. It could be about any situation in a person's life. God uses his own voice so we can minister life, edification, healing, deliverance, salvation, all those things through people. Just like Michaela did to that carpet guy, the carpet installer. He needed ministry uh, during that day. And in John chapter four, uh, we see the woman at the well, John chapter four, starting at verse 15. I won't go over that, but when, when, she, when he says, go back and tell your husband, and she says, I don't have one. He says, yeah, you're right when you say you don't have any husband. The fact is you've had five husbands. Then he begins to, to it's a place of conviction, but she doesn't run away condemned. She receives a word of knowledge from Jesus, goes back, tells the whole town. The whole town goes into revival. Keep reading the story. I think it's two or three days he stays there and begins to teach. Revival breaks out because of one word of knowledge. So you don't have to call, if, if you know a four-year-old can ask God, how can I help somebody today? How can I pray with somebody today? And he gives them an idea. We qualify that as the spiritual gift of a word of knowledge. 
Some words of knowledge were used in the area of healing uh, on, I believe it was Saturday night with Richie and Paul. We're going to ask Tavian Miller if you can come on up and tell people what happened to you. So um, what happened was I played football when I was in fifth grade and somebody that was just about twice my size fell straight on my kneecap and um, I couldn't get up. I couldn't straighten my knee. And I still couldn't. And what happened was, when we came to the Seek First conference on Saturday, um, Paul said, is anybody's left knee hurting? And I raised my hand, he prayed, and he said, do something you can't do. And I straightened my knee for the first time in like three or four years. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what we're gonna do. Just like Ashley said before, we're going to actually just pray if you need healing. So Tavian, he's not exaggerating anything. He's not not up here puffing anything up. He couldn't straighten his knee. He had an injury. We prayed. He could do something that he couldn't do. So we're not going to take time to test it out today because we want to continue to share the testimony of Jesus. But we're going to just pray. So if you just need, if you know that you need obvious physical healing in an area, just put your hand up real quick. You don't have to stand or anything. We're just going to take time. If you say the amen to Tavian's knee being able to straight when he couldn't, uh, then you're, it's prophesying. It's saying what can happen to you. So just put your hand real, real high. If you're just sitting next to somebody and you can reach over, just put your hand on their shoulder. And then Tavian, just ask that God would heal people just the way he healed you. All right. Your God, I just pray for everybody who has obvious pain in here. And uh, I pray that they would be able to articulate whatever they would need healed and um, that they would just be able to live in peace, that they would be able to have total total healing, and that they'd be able to use whatever they need. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Tavian. See, our confidence is growing, too, that as we pray simple prayers, that we'll continue to hear testimony after testimony of what God's doing. All right? So if you're sensing something, let us know. Sarah, I didn't ask you. Is Sarah here? Stanek? Come on up. Donna, Masters, come on up. Are you okay? Are you okay, Sharon? Okay, I didn't ask her before. Are you guys okay? We, we, we have these two, and then we have, I believe, two more. So if we go a little bit over, it's okay. Jesus is moving. It's good. If you feel like God touched your body, please let me know before the end of service. You can, you can let us know. All right, Donna, I'm going to uh, have you share about what happened at Seek First, and then I'll have Sarah share. Hi. Um, Just a little brief background on that. Um, God called me to a job at the beginning of summer. Second day on the job, I got hurt. And so from then on out, it was Tylenol and chiropractor and pain meds at night and sleeping on heat. So last week, I said to him, I said, if it's okay with you, can you release me from this job or heal me? Because I can't live like this anymore. So I came last Saturday in the afternoon and the evening, and they asked he said, is anybody here having neck and back pain? And I stood up, and they prayed, and I felt it kind of popping like you do at the chiropractor. And I thought, okay, this is good. And they prayed again, and I felt some more movement. And then they moved forward, and the other uh, man came back, and he said, straighten your arms out in front of you. And he started to pray, and the tension in my muscles relaxed so much that I could see my arm move forward. And um, I was, he goes, did you see that? And I'm like, I did. I got it. 
So I got up Sunday morning, and I was like, okay, we're better, we're better. And I went to work Monday morning, and it was better. And I knew my chiropractor was back Wednesday. So as normal, I called Wednesday during the day for an appointment, and all of a sudden it hit me. I don't have any pain. I don't even need to go. And so I called and canceled my appointment. And um, I canceled the appointment. But throughout the week, I would go to grab the handle that started the whole thing that I use many times during a day. And um, I would get a twinge, and I'm like, no, you are a liar. I am healed, and you are a liar. And it would be immediately gone. So I'm here to tell you, there's many of you that God has healed, and you have been lied to. And you know what? I am tired. And you know what? This morning, I was like, I'm so exhausted. And God said, Donna, you've been in a battle. He's been trying to lie you back to pain all week, and you've been fighting. But I'm here to tell you, the minute he said it, I felt rejuvenated in my spirit and physically. I am telling you, grab that healing and don't get lied away from it. That's good. Stay up here, Don. Okay. So if you have been touched, if you've been healed before, or even if you've felt like you've been healed of like a fear before, but you felt that come back on. I want you to just jot these down. I think they'll be on the screen. And 1 John 5, 14, it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, we believe that God's will for your life is the abundant life. So we believe that his will is to heal. He wants you to be well. So if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So you can actually quote this verse, Father, I believe that we've prayed according to your will. I believe that you've touched me and that you've answered the prayer. So then the next verse that you can rely on is James 4, 7. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. So a lot of times what happens is we're healed or we're encouraged or after our conference or baptism service and we're flying high and then stuff starts to happen and starts knocking us down. So what do we try to do? We get in this like boxing match with the devil. That's not what it says to do. It says to draw near to him, submit yourself back unto God. And then from that posture, you resist the devil. And then you continue to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. So I'm going to have Donna pray. If you've ever felt like you've had breakthrough and in that same area, you've walked back, we're just going to pray for a release of it today. Let's pray. I come to you, Father, on behalf of my fellow Christians. Lord, I ask that in the name of Jesus, you would release from them the fear and doubt that has come over them after you have healed them. I ask them to receive that healing and Lord, I ask them to not fear or doubt what you have done in their bodies and spiritually. God, help them to fight the battle. Help them recognize the lies that come at them to announce them back to the devil that it is a lie and that you have done in them what you said you would do. And I thank you for the answers that are going to be received this week. For I praise you, my Father, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Donna. Yeah, you go ahead. Now. All right, Sarah, I'm going to have Sarah share. She shared this at The Rock on Wednesday, what God did. Uh, seek first. Yeah, um, 
I didn't know it was coming up here. Um, so uh, I guess I'll just testify what the Lord has done through me, and hopefully if you're dealing with it, that he can do it in your life too. Um, so I don't know, like I love the Lord, and I've loved the Lord, you know, since I gave my life to him, and just he just started to transform my life ever more since I became saved. And um, I tend to overthink a lot. I think a lot about everything. I think a lot about everything that happens to me and everything that will happen to me and just the lies of the enemy just started to come through my head like the past month and I I just I hated it because I felt I shouldn't let it in it's like uh, you know I'm a woman of God I shouldn't you know be attacked I shouldn't let the enemy attack me and I and I know my position I know I'm more than a conqueror I know I'm covered by the blood of Jesus but it just thoughts and thoughts and thoughts and came came in and I just kind of kept it hidden because it's like if I tell someone they're going to be like oh yeah you got it you know you're on fire for the Lord you have nothing to worry about and like guys I know but like I, I'm not saying that I am, but I'm just saying that, like, it's real. The enemy is so uh, deceiving, and it's just sometimes you can't, you can't, um, you can't just do it on your, you can't do it by yourselves, and uh, it's just, like, guilt and just condemnation and just, um, just, like, tormenting things kept coming over me, even when I was, like, at work or at school. Like, I felt struggle. Like, I felt like I was striving to be a woman of God, striving to do that. And I just felt like, you know, people have told me, like, I love the Lord, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to deal with this. And um, so I just, like, kept being hungry and kept asking people. And I came to a couple services on the past weekend and just the overwhelming peace of Christ came over my mind like never before. And like, it's such a testimony for me to say that, yeah, I, I do love the Lord, but he still overcomes to the littlest things. And, and like, I feel like I don't have to strive anymore. I don't have to be guilty to testify that I struggled through this and that Jesus still overcomes. Um, and I just felt over my mind, like my analyzation and the, the, the stuff that I go through, like it's just the peace of Christ that rules over our hearts and minds. And that peace of Christ that surpasses all of our understanding on earth and in heaven. So I would just say like if you have a label on you that like, you know, you are a man and woman of God and you don't feel like you have the permission to struggle, you know, you don't, but the same thing is, let the Lord do what he has to do, and don't hold it in. Let it out. Let the Holy Spirit work in and through you so the, the testimony can come through. Um, so Let's do it. Sarah, I, yeah. what I want you to do, if you know that you struggle, if, the, if you feel like that there is a current attack on your mind, depression, anxiety when you sleep, uh, fear when you're all alone, if you feel like there are voices or things that are, are bothering you. I just want you to just have the bold. Just put your hand, right? You can lay your hands on yourself. Just put your hands on your head. And Sarah's going to pray just a release of that. That same peace, that torment that was uh, attacking her was released in a moment, and it can be also right now. Holy Spirit, you surpass all of the understanding of depression, agony, pain, and we say in the name of Jesus, just as it was finished on the cross, we cancel those thoughts of depression. We cancel those thoughts of just striving to be okay. We just we say in Jesus' name that peace go over them, and I just proclaim that they shall go forth, and they shall proclaim the gospel, and let it be a testimony in their own lives, that they don't have to work for salvation. They don't have to work 
work to feel love and, 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 and peace or joy. They can receive it. It's a straight gift from you. It's not something we have to earn. And let that understanding, that wisdom surpass all of that depression, all of that analyzation that they think they're not good enough. They think that they can't live as long as the other people. They compare themselves. They have guilt and condemnation. I re- By the blood of Jesus, I surpass that and I say no more. This house is a house of freedom and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we say right now, it is stripping off. The blood of Jesus is already covering those walls of depression and that grief. And I say anyone in here that struggled from from losing someone in the past, that you will be their aid, that you would be their great comforter right now in Jesus' name. And they will hear, we will hear testimonies of what you have done right now in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sarah. All right. They, each of these speakers has done a great job with their time. So I'm asking you, stay engaged. We have two more about people who have stepped out because they were encouraged to do that. So Gene Baldoff, I'm going to ask that you come up. And then Anthony Brock, you can come up at this time as well. Hang out here until it's your time. Yeah, both of these have uh, different stories, but just how God has, uh, has impassioned them to reach out and to take action. I love that it happened right after we heard uh, messages from Richie and Paul and what God wanted to do in their life. Here you go, Jean. Yes, as others have said, the Seek First conference was so fabulous. It was such a spiritual awakening. And um, a couple of the things that I really was touched by was um, that this is normal Christianity, as someone said previously, that it's a part of their everyday life. And they gave such practical examples of what we ought to be doing. One of those examples I was able to um, put into action on Monday of that week. And um, I was to bring pizza for an after-school outreach. And um, my day was pretty busy. And so um, I was calling some pizza places and couldn't believe how hard it was to find somebody that I could get this pizza from. But finally, I... um, made the order, and I said, oh, could you deliver that pizza? thought, oh, that'll save a few minutes of my time. So um, they said yes. So I thought, I'll go um, a little bit early, so I'll be sure not to miss them. And so here, this young lady gets out of the car to deliver the pizza. And she comes in, and actually on the way to um, the after-school program, the Holy Spirit quickened me for one of the things that um, was said at the conference, and that was to be outrageously generous. And so, um, when she got when I'm going to the after-school program, I um, thought, you know, I'm going to give this person who delivers the pizza a really good tip. So when she delivered the pizza. And I give her the tip, and she said, can I hug you? And I said, sure you can. And I said, you know, Jesus really loves you so much. She said, yeah, I think he loves everybody. Um, But I said, you know, this isn't an accident that you and I are talking 
about this. And I said, Jesus is calling you today. And he wants you to draw close to him. And I said, do you happen to have a home church? She said, no, not right now. And I said, well, you know, we'd love to have you come to our church. Where do you live? She said, well, and she named this place. I didn't even know where it was. But when she's talking about it, I can tell it's near 79. And I said, you know what? Central Assembly is right off 79. So even if it's a few exits away, it won't take you long to get there. She said, okay. She said, what time's the service? And I said, 10 o'clock. So I know it seems like a small thing, but the Lord wanted me to talk to her that day. And he wants her to come back to draw close to him. And um, I just encourage you that if some small thing like that, it might seem small to you, but when the people are in heaven, it won't be small to them. Thank you. You know, what I love about this testimony is I actually believe this is the place where the majority of this church is right now. So we sell, I want us to be able to celebrate somebody that wouldn't usually talk to somebody outside the church about the love of God as if they were born again or healed or encountered God. When we come to a point of celebrating this, then we may actually do it ourselves. I do. I actually believe that the majority of the church, uh, this specific church family, needs to say an amen to this. So if the Lord quickens your heart to demonstrate his love through generosity or to demonstrate his heart by saying, you know what? I believe the Lord wants me to tell you that he loves you. Oh, yeah, he loves everybody. No, I mean, he loves you. Then what we could say is this. How many people will come to Jesus through your personal ministry if you never step out? Right? So she set this delivery driver up. It was a Holy Ghost setup. <laughs> and she might be working right now thinking, you know what? Maybe I just need to get back to church. There's a verse here in Zechariah 4.10 that says, do not despise these small beginnings. I heard it said once that if you don't know how to celebrate a healed headache, you're not ready to celebrate an empty wheelchair. So think about that. We need to absolutely celebrate that I've never shared my life with Jesus. I've never shared what Jesus has done. And now today, today, when you leave here in 10 minutes, you're going to share with your waiter. You're going to share with your waitress. You're going to use what the Holy Spirit's given you to do that. So Gene, I'm going to ask you just to pray that people would just begin to step out in simple acts of obedience. Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you. And we know that you have a purpose for each of us, Lord. And we know that you want us to step out and speak to others about you. And to plant those seeds. And sometimes it'll seem like only a small thing. But to you, Lord, your plan is the best for each of those people. And we pray, Lord, that we will not pass up these opportunities, dear Lord, that you would give us the boldness to step out and speak to others about you. And we pray it all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much.
That's great. I would. I would encourage you, though, don't, don't wait for the perfect scenario. Don't wait for the fireworks to go off. Just, just do it. Even in my own heart this week, I was like, man, after this, like, I want to lead somebody to Jesus this week. I had an opportunity on Monday. I was with a gentleman who, he knows Jesus, and he's just learned how to follow him uh, in, in a greater way. And uh, the, Lord, the, the Lord gave me a word for this, uh, the waitress. She was dressed like, what's her name? Rosie Riveter? Is that her name? Rosie Riveter? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, we're dressed up today. And she just made the, the uh, she flexed. And the Lord showed me how she has this spiritual strength that people rely on her and that God wants to use in these areas. And I won't go into the details, but I'm ministering to her. And this guy's, he, he was, he's never been exposed to this before. And he's looking at me, looking at her, looking at me, grabs her hand, starts praying. When I'm talking to her, she starts crying. So she didn't come to the Lord, but the Lord definitely has an open door to deal with her. A couple of days later, uh, we asked our waitress uh, what we could do to pray with her, and she just got baptized in another church. She's a believer, but we were used to encourage her. So I go to the gym Friday. I'm like, okay, I need to lead somebody to the Lord today at the gym. I'm looking around. The Lord's not giving me anything for anybody. I run into uh, a, uh, a friend of the House of Central. He's been here uh, for many years. He no longer attends here. And I felt like I was supposed to invite him back, and I lost position of where he was, and then we ended up at machines right near each other. I said, you know, what's going on? I just feel like I'm supposed to invite you back. And he goes, you're the third person in a row, like in the last few days, that has invited me back and got to minister to him and pray with him right up right out in the open there and minister uh, and pray with him about his, his grandchild. And I believe that, that, that he will come back. But the Lord was showing me, like I, me, I'm saying don't despise small beginnings, but I was waiting for like, I want to lead someone to Jesus. But every day, just being obedient in the small things, he's going to use you to minister. Anthony, why don't you come up? He's, right, he's writing his notes. All right. Yeah. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. What a week. Holy mackerel. Um, <laughs> uh, to say my family's been changed um, would be an understatement, but the, I think the Lord said, uh, it just reminded me that this week was awesome, but, but this week's not even going to be the testimony of it, that we're going to have this. This is going to go on for years and years and years and years. Well, this is just the starting point. And if you want to uh, see whether the fruit's real or not, just hang around, because it's going to be some awesome fruit coming. Okay? Good, good, good. I got a chance to travel this week. Let me go back. Four things that stuck out last weekend, just kind of words that these guys spoke that just like obliterated me in the Holy Spirit. So uh, the first one was slow obedience is disobedience. Yeah, just, just, try, just try not to get the goose pimples when you say that to yourself. Number two, let our advantage be our advantage, right? You are filled with the Holy Ghost. Inside you lives the Holy Ghost that raised Christ from the dead. Same Holy Ghost. So if you're like, oh, I think I got something, go ahead and trust it. Okay, it's already there. Go ahead and trust it. Okay, number three, when love is your goal, being wrong is not failure. This is in, this is in, this is not in doing wrong. I didn't say doing wrong. Don't go doing wrong, say Anthony told me to. I said being wrong. That's where you think you heard something. You say, oh, I think I heard this. They're like, nope. I think I heard, nope. I think I, nope. Guess what? Was your motivation love? Was your goal love? 
then you didn't fail three times. Okay, what was that, number three? One, two, three. Number four, bloopers and highlights both make it worth it. I'm the blooper reel today. Just so you know, we heard a bunch of highlights. I'm about to hit you with a little blooper. Richie, I got to eat lunch last week with Richie and Paul and Pastor Kurt, a bunch of people. But um, we knew Paul a little bit from last year. We didn't know Richie that much. Richie said something. I love vulnerability, right, with my leaders because, right, that shows that they trust us. When your leader can be vulnerable with you, that means they trust you. They're going to tell you something about them. At that moment, they're saying, listen, I believe that you can receive this and still love me. Okay, so Richie says, I don't believe I have more successes sharing and praying for healing than most people. What I believe is I've had more opportunities, so I have more stories to tell. Right? That challenged me greatly because now all of a sudden I said, you know what, Tone? You got to up your opportunities, right? Right? Get some courage, baby. Let's go. So I said, I was sitting right there Friday night, man. I tell you what, it, it was on me, right? The conviction of the Lord hit me like nothing else. And it was, we're not going to fear anybody. We're not going to fear any man. We're not going to fear opinions of man or women. I wasn't trying to be like that. <laughs> Well, I am married to a beautiful wife that I'm a little scared of. But that's a whole, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother discussion. Let me get back on topic. <laughs> All right. It's funny, Pastor Kurt said God sets, actually he said a Holy Spirit set up. The first point I was supposed to say was God sets us up. One of my favorite pastors, not Pastor Kurt, although he is one of my favorites, One of my favorite pastors says, God can win with a pair of twos. I love that. I love that because sometimes I feel like a pair of twos, and all I have to remember is God can win with a pair of twos. Okay, so I got to travel this trip. I'm sorry, that was all intro. I got to travel this week. Uh, Business travel, I do it like once or twice a year, two days max. I hate it, but I got to go. So I'm going, and I get to the airport. I'm going to give you both sides of the story. First, in the, 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 yeah, exactly. So I get to the airport. I get to the airport, and I'm like scanning. You know, I'm like, what would Richie do? What would Richie do? What would Richie do? What would Richie do? And I see a guy with a, with a leg brace from his knee down, and I'm like, oh, that's my guy right there. Okay, okay. Getting all excited. I come up to him. I said, sir, what's your name? Oh, Steve. Ah, Steve, how you doing? Good, good, good. So I see you got a castle on your foot. I'm real perceptive. God gave me, the, God gave me perception Perception is a gift. I see you got a cast on your foot. What's that all about? He said, well, I fell down the hill, broke my leg. I said, Steve, do you mind if I pray with you? This was a setup, right? He's like, oh, yeah. He puts his arm around me. He's like, come on, pray. I start praying. He's agreeing with me the whole time. He's like, yes, yes, yes. Amen. Give me a big hug. I'm like, whoo. All right, man. I can do this. Okay. I didn't have it tested, so don't ask. <laughs> I go through the trip. And I'm getting ready to leave the place I was in Jacksonville. I was leaving uh, Miller Electric. It's an electrical contractor down there. And uh, Uber is called, and I see the Uber name coming. 
His name is uh, Musafa. That's my Uber driver, Musafa. So I thought I thought I thought of Adam uh, doing Lion King. <laughs> All right, sorry. Back on track. Back on track. Rain it in. All right, so Musafa's coming for me, and I get in a cab, and I'm in the back, and uh, I, I go on to find out he's Muslim. He's Moroccan, and his name is Mufasa. So he passed all three of the M's tests. <laughs> but uh, I'm sitting back there, and it's been silent so far, and I'm like, oh, man. Okay, give me something. And I am literally, like, just sitting there like anything. <laughs> anything. God, give me something. I'm like, oh. Scanning my whole body. <laughs> Coming back. I didn't feel nothing yet. And I feel a little twinge right here. And I'm like, holy mackerel, is that the Lord or is that just like anything else? So I sit there for a while. And I'm like, all right, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And it's funny, like Friday night, the fear man was broken off me. And Tuesday, Wednesday, when I'm sitting in the cab, Thursday, sorry, I got my days messed up. Thursday, I'm sitting in the cab. I have a choice still. It's amazing. It's amazing. God did a mighty work in my heart there, in my heart here, in my heart the next three days, and I still got a choice of whether I was going to fear man or whether I was going to step out. Okay, so I say, uh, Musafa. Uh, he says, yes, sir. I said, is there any, uh, at this point, I want to be very specific because I feel like a uh, uh, Muslim uh, Moroccan named Musafa needs to have kind of a chance to really know it's the Lord. And it's not me just asking a general question. This is in my head. Musafa, is there any chance at all that you have a pain? And I'm like, right here. And he looks at me. Now, you got to understand, remember I said blooper roll. Remember I said God sets us up. Keep all that in mind. He's like, how did you know? And I'm like, ha, because I'm a Christian. That's right. That's how I know, because I'm a bad man. And, and he's like, no, I didn't do all that. Of course not. I was like, wow, I got it right. Ha. So this is the best part, right? God even sets up how he answers me, because if he would have answered me normally, this is how I would have responded. Mustafa, is there any way this hurts? No, actually, it doesn't hurt at all. I would have shut up right then. I'd have been done. I'd have been done. I know me. I've been in an experience before. I know me. And he says, how did you know? And I said, well, I'm a Christian, and I have the Holy Spirit inside me. And I feel like uh, sometimes when I interact with people, the Holy Spirit drops a thought into my head. And I was, I was sitting there praying for you. I felt like the Holy Spirit dropped this in my right here. He's like, well, actually, it's not right there. I said, oh, yeah? He's like, yeah, it's more like over here. <laughs> and I said, well, good news, bad news. <laughs> the good news is we're still praying. <laughs> the bad news is I was wrong by a little bit. Anyway, so we go on to pray. We pray. I, I ask him if I can lay my hands on him. He kind of looks in the mirror like, I don't know about this. I reach up around the back seat and can put my arm around him. And we pray. And we get to talk about God and his thoughts for us. 
and we talk about Jesus and how he died on the cross for us. And uh, he can't test it right there. He says, I can't test it. I said, can you test it right now? He said, I can't test it till I stand up. We got about a 20-minute ride to the airport. And uh, great conversation. It's funny. This is a Muslim from Morocco who lives in Jacksonville. And we have a, a common bond in conversation that I can't explain. And we get to the airport and I get out. And I say, Mufasa, Musafa. I knew I'd do it. I tried not to. I said, get, get, if you can, get out of the car for a second and test. I keep holding this spot because I know that's where he told me, but it's actually right there. Lower back, right-hand side. He gets out of the car, and I see a smile on his face. And he comes to the back of the car, and he gives me a hug with both arms, like Pastor Todd hugs. My man. That's the best hugs. Musafa's close. But he don't got Pastor Todd. You know Pastor Todd's the best hugger. But we embrace, right, in this hug that people had to see. (laughs) I didn't think about it at the time. Now I'm like, ooh, wonder what people were thinking about that. I ain't worried about what they think anymore. Uh, So I got to see him healed. I said the wrong place. I didn't feel what he said. And the whole time... God set me up, set me up for success, and that's what he wants for us. Yeah, stay here, Ed. I'm going to read this one, uh, three last verses, and then we're going to close in prayer. In Ephesians 5, sorry, in verse 15, four verses. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That should not be a warning to us because the days are evil. That should be encouragement that we're light going into darkness, making the most of every opportunity for the days of evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask that, Anthony, why don't we stand at this time? I'm going to ask, Anthony, that you close in prayer, that we would just uh, be aware of the purpose in our days, and we would take advantage, where are you? Take advantage of every opportunity. Even today, someone could be, have a smile on their face that's sad. Someone might get the best tip from you that they've ever received. Someone might enter into the kingdom of God because of you and the Holy Spirit working through you. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, we come to you today and we thank you, Lord, that you love us, God, first and foremost. We thank you so much, one, that you died on the cross to pay for our sins, two, that you came into our hearts to live, and three, that you let us work with you. Lord, we thank as we go out today, we thank you, Lord, that you uh, favor us, God, that your default setting is multiplication. Lord, that you take our meager step outs. Lord, you multiply them to huge strides towards the kingdom. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that things would shift. That things would shift in this area, Lord, as we, uh, as we as we uh, reach down and pull up our garments to run free, Lord. That as we, as we take off towards you, 
that everybody notices, right? They notice, they notice our run towards you. Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that you would give us the strength. Lord, we thank you that you already have, but we ask you just to continue to give us that, Lord. Lord, as we step out, Lord, we ask you for uh, opportunities and courage. Lord, as we speak your life to people, that heaven will be populated, but that the kingdom of God also uh, would expand here and now on this earth through it, Lord. We thank you that you are faithful, faithful, faithful. Lord, we love you, God. We worship you, Lord. We thank you. You are a beautiful, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, amen. Let's just give praise to God for everything that he's done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I say amen to it. So be it, be fulfilled. Have a great week. Bless you. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.